Oh Boom, shit! We are officially Whoa. live. That little, you know, it's cool to see that little red, uh, the little red indicator up top. So let's say this: like, what's up, every single person watching right now? I am not Jonah. My name is Marlon Johnson, <laughs> aka Mindset Marlon, and this is the Scorch the Fears podcast. And we had a total screw up yesterday. We were supposed to be on here. We got locked out of the studio. We couldn't figure out how to get in. Jonah was out in Europe, just totally unaccessible. And we said, you know what, let's try it again tomorrow. So we're back here today. I'm going to be hanging out with my freaking amazing guest, good buddy, Medium Wave Dave. And we're going to be going over all things really just like business, real estate, personal branding, life, social media, and ultimately overcoming fears. So Dave, what's going on, bro? How you feeling today, man? You excited? Dude, anytime I'm hanging with you, it's good. Let's go, man. Yo, let's go have a good time, bro. Like, I remember the very first time you and I met that rainy day out in Long Beach in uh, Long Island, New York. Good freaking time. So, Dave, check this out. I want to be able to, you know, this is a little bit different than the podcast I run. Um, you know, Jonah has a different vibe. So what I want to do real quick before we start getting into it is I want to get a little bit of like a background story of you. I want to get a little bit of like the origin story and I want to frame it a little bit because you're in real estate currently, but you weren't always an investor, right? So bring me back a little bit. Give me a little bit of an origin story of like what led you to real estate and what were you doing before this life? I'll go. I mean, I guess I'll go back. I feel like life semi begins when you graduate college. So like I going back that far, I mean, like I'm 47 now, so there's a long journey, but it's like, it's, I mean, it's not that crazy. I mean, I mean it is, but it's not. Um, it, in general, I started as, as a mechanical engineer. My brain likes solving problems. That's how I see the world. Um, I knew I didn't fit into an office environment really quick. Uh, one of my best friends from college got a year working visa in Australia um, you know, everyone else got jobs out of college. I went and hung out in San Diego and worked at uh, the Del Mar Fair. Literally, our, our goal being to afford uh, tacos and gas money to surf every day. Like, that was it. So that was like, you know, mechanical engineer out of Villanova. Everyone's getting real jobs. Like, that was the expectation. Like, um, I went surfing for a summer and just kind of realized <laughs> I'm like, oh, I kind of like this better. Um, but knew that I had to go get a job. So I went and got a job. Uh, lasted about a year and a half. Um, quit that just, you know, looking around the office, knowing, you know, finally like having the confirmation of like, Hey, my elders who like were in their thirties, maybe young forties, you know, my elders, um, looking around the office just did not look happy. And if, you know, at 22, if that were my future, then I knew I needed something different. So, um, what did I do? I moved to New York city and, uh, I ended up bartending in nightclubs, um, kind of what you do to pass the time until you, to, you figure out what's next. Yeah. Um, and it turned out I really liked it and it gave me the perfect balance of time and money. And at the end of the day, I realized early on, uh, that lifestyle was the most important thing to me. Uh, I, I wasn't career driven at that point. And so until I figured that out, um, I, I figured out something that allowed me to live a life that I loved. So, um, that, so, I feel like you have a question. So I'm, I'm the pause. I, mean, I do, man. Because like, <laughs> listen, you're, you're like, you're tapping on a nerve man like especially for me and like for a lot of listeners especially like the younger crowd right where they kind of find themselves in this situation where they recognize a clear path like a path has been laid out for them especially like with your background of being an engineer right like your your mind's logical like you're able to think very logically and you're able to see like all right a to b to b to c to c to d right so people could picture this but it didn't vibe with what i love the word you used lifestyle Right. Like you recognized it wasn't in alignment with the lifestyle, which I think a lot of people feel that, but they don't actually make the move that you made, which was actually pursuing the lifestyle over pursuing the career. So, you know, what? so tapping into the logic, logic in my brain was these are the best years of my life. This is when I arguably have the most the best physical fitness, the most free time. If I'm smart, the most disposable income, it's a time when I can take the biggest risks because I have the luxury of time on my side where like failures now, I have time to make up for it. Let me go like fuck up now. Like let me fuck up big now. <laughs> like let me go live life, create stories, build relationships, like have like experience. And then like that'll 
helped guide me to like, well, I don't know what I want to do. I know what I love. So I'm going to surround myself with people that do that. And I figure at some point, maybe it'll click. Maybe I'll try a hundred different things before it clicks. But like, if I do that, then life's one big adventure and I didn't lose. Like th that clicked with me early on. I was like, man, I'm just going to enjoy every day. Like I have the rest of my life to figure out how to make money. As long as the bills are paid right now, like I'm good. Why am I stressing what's going to happen however many years down the road? I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Like, right? Man, I love that. Okay, so let's let's actually talk into that, right? Because you've gotten to, you know, live some years. You've gotten to make it through some experiences that other people haven't gone through yet. So you pursued the, the passion, essentially, right? You took on the risk, right? You said, you know, let me actually explore what this whole thing about life is about, you know, and you came to Manhattan and you went over to Manhattan and you started working as a bartender, found that you actually enjoyed it. It was enough to, you know, provide the lifestyle that you were looking for. How long did you continue to do that before something new started to catch your attention? Dude, um, I would have told myself I'm crazy if uh, I, I could have never predicted this. I mean, like I'm 47 now. I last summer officially was my last summer as a bartender. Like I joked that I literally needed the world to shut down and kick me out before I finally like stepped away from bartending. Even this summer coming around, I'm kind of like, uh, man, do I just do one more summer? <laughs> like I, I kind of enjoy it. I mean, it's, I also, you know, have the luxury of working in a nice place. Like I work at a beach bar when everyone's on vacation, I watch sunsets and bands and like people are happy and like, it's not a bad environment, right? And it's a seasonal job that I know there's an end date. It's like, oh, I could do three months of this. I could do two months of this. Um, so like, when did I stop? I mean, I, I kind of am just stopping now. That being said, a full-time schedule as a New York City, like nightclub bartender was roughly three nights a week. Call it 21 hours. Like you go in at 10 p.m., the bars close at 4 a.m. So like call it 21 hours a week. So my bills were paid on 21 hours a week, which fell between a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, typically. My whole life, I had Monday to Friday free pretty much. Um, so I used that time to do exactly what I planned. I either went and chased waves and snow around the world. I went and partied. I tried new businesses. So I did everything from I've had two clothing lines. I built a this sounds braggy. Like I hate even talking like me, me, me. No, um, let's just say let's just say I used that time wisely to try different things. One well, of those things. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I want to hear this, right? Because, you know, like, this is the thing, right? First off, everyone knows, like, I like, I know you and I'm still getting to learn this about you. Like, I'm still like, I'm genuinely listening for the first time <laughs> and like hearing some of these stories right now. So I'm having fun with it. And people come to these sort of platforms, right to the podcast, because they want the story, like they want the depth. They're like, yo, bro, tell me like, wait, you're doing what? Like, I didn't know you were working three days a week. Like, I'm in my mind, I'm like, dude, that's an amazing gig. Are you kidding me? Like, why was dude, I not a bartender? I was working as like a caterer in like a catering hall growing up. I should have been the bartender. Yeah, I, I dude, I don't know. Right place, right time. I just, I, you know, what? I made a decision early on, whatever I was going to do. Like when I went to school, I was going to get the best degree I could get. I was going to go to the best of school I could get into. Like, I just made up in my brain, whatever I was going to do, I was going to do it at the highest level. So when I became a bartender, I went right to like the highest level And my brain was like, what's the most bang for my buck, right? Like, where can I make making a vodka soda or whatever drink is the same work if I'm doing it in a dive bar where it costs five bucks versus a high end hotel where it costs 20 bucks versus, you know, everything in between. So it's I either have to serve it at the highest dollar amount and bank on getting a, like a percentage on my sales or I have to do the most volume. So it was, I was just hedging my bets on like the most volume happened to be the most fun. It was where like the best DJs were, the pretty girls were the, like, it was just like, I was, felt like I was going in and throwing a party every night. <laughs> I love that. So, right. The world literally shuts down. Mm -hmm. The world kicks you out says, Dave, you can't serve alcohol anymore. This is Manhattan. We need you to go do something else. You know, why did you, start looking at real estate like was it at the world shutdown or was it before because if i correct me if i was wrong but you also worked as um a an agent for some time as well before stepping into the investment side yeah so here's the deal um this actually goes back to the origin story 
I started uh, investing in real estate back in the early 2000s. Um, I started going, you know, I, I think Robert Allen, Nothing Down uh, was my first book ever. And then probably, you know, something from Kiyosaki and that, like, and, and so I started down that journey early and that I, I knew that like, I'm probably not the guy that wants to go have a job. There was nothing like that was a job that excited me that much. So I was like, I have to be my own boss. And at the end of the day, uh, I kind of screwed myself in that I found this balance of freedom and time and money that I was like, the only thing I could do is figure out how to have passive income. And real estate was kind of like, that was the vehicle. So I started learning how to invest in real estate in the early 2000s. I, I went to seminars, I flew over. I mean, I spent a lot of money on seminars way back then. I actually built, so getting back to real estate after the world shut down, the real quick, I built up a, I started wholesaling. Then I started buying and holding. I, I owned 21 properties at one point. Um, I ended up losing the whole thing is the real quick of it. Had to declare bankruptcy because I went way too fast, way too big. And I did everything in my personal name. Um, I like to learn really well what not to do. So my lessons <laughs> really, really sink in. Um, kind of a simple one, right? Like I should have known better. But whatever, I was young and dumb and like the banks were giving out loans at the time. And so um, I lost everything. And uh, I always told myself someday I'm going back into real estate. But I had a bankruptcy on my record that just came off December of last year. So it was um, I knew real estate is about solving problems. Like as an investor, that's what we do. Agent was never on my radar. I had no desire to do it whatsoever. Agent to me is still a job. Um and so it was the reason I became an agent was when the world shut down. I've spent most of my life in um, in Montauk that where I'm at right now, a little kind of grubby surf town at the end of Long Island, which is now the Hamptons. Um, it wasn't always that way, but I've been bartending out here that long. So like I know enough people and it's really about relationships, right? Like I realized that over the years, everyone who comes to the bar has either bought or rented real estate every year. like. They already know, like, and trust me, someone's getting paid on it. Like world shut down. I can't make them drinks. So as everyone was like mass exodus from New York City, trying to get into uh, somewhere to live, I was like, well, this kind of makes sense. And one of my best friends um, who I know through surfing was having, you know, was busier than he's ever been. And like, I would see him at the beach. He'd have two phones on his head. I'm like, dude, are you surfing? Like, dude, I can't. Um, I was like, do you need some help? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right, I can start tomorrow. I don't have anything to do. He was like, no, you got to go take the test. I'm like, crap. I'm like, okay, what's that mean? He's like, well, there's a 75 hour course. I'm like, well, that's going to slow me down. He's like, um, <laughs> so long story short, I literally went home that night and I signed up. It was an online course to get your license in New York. And it was 75 hours. And I locked the door for two weeks or however long it took me to go through it. Like I powered through it. Um, and then there was like a backlog on tests. And so I signed up for the next possible test. And then I was an agent. But in that same time frame, I had, when the world shut down, uh, that was March, I was already in my first mentorship in April. I knew I was like, this is literally the world telling me, like you said, you're going to get back into real estate at some point. Like this is the, that time. Wow. Like I didn't even skip a beat. I was like, I'm unemployed. I have nothing else to do. I can fully dive into this and make it work this time because a theme in my life is I've always treated anything I've done as a, like a side project of sorts because I was comfortable. Bartending gave me the balance of time and money. Like I didn't need to make something else work. Um, that was a lot. We just went, like, I, I feel like I just talked for a minute. Dude, so I'm going to shut up. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm loving this, man. Because like, bro, like I, so for everyone that's listening, right? I operate all fives. The very first time I met, like before I even met you in person, man, like you stood out to me because your name was so freaking catchy. <laughs> Dave, like, I kept seeing you in the Zoom calls and the Facebook groups. I'm like, yo, who is this dude, Medium Wave? And like, I freaking love his name. Like, he's got a vibe, he's got energy. And then when I met you in person, it was all legit. It was all organic. And I was like, wow, this dude really is legit. Like, he's really cool. And the more I got to know you, the more like that was proven true over time. So now to see a little bit more and understand a little bit more the origin behind this. And to recognize, like you said, you have a theme going on. Something I notice is you say yes to opportunities that most people yeah. say no to, right? Most people dream about living the life that you're living, 
and they would say things like, man, like I wish I could do that. I wish I could just, you know, get up and go travel and get up and just go learn something new and get up and just go surf. And the truth is they can, but not a lot of people actually pull the trigger on that internal desire. Whereas you actually have done that. You've actually created a lifestyle out of doing that. And when you see opportunity, I love what you said, right? It's all right, cool. Like when, when can I start tomorrow? Right. Like, so there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of in between time between once you make a decision and once you start taking action, right. How has that served you in business? Uh, I'll say, so I've lost it all twice in my life. And I'll say that like, I'm lucky in that the first time I did it, like I was young, like I was around 30. And the funny thing is um, it allowed me to connect with a lot of mentors um, who were much older. And like the joke was like, they wore it like a badge of honor, right? Like they were like, eh, I didn't go broke my first, like I didn't lose everything my first time till I was like 50. Like you're, you're young kid. Don't worry about it. You got plenty of time. I was just like, Oh, sweet. Like, all right, got that out of the way. Like, like I learned like, Hey, what's the worst case scenario? Well, like I just went through it and like, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm here. I have a roof over my head. I have my health. Like uh, my, I still have my friends. Like I'll figure it out. Like, cool. Clean slate. Now what? Like I just learned what not to do. So, um, I, I guess it served me well, like, cause fear is what hold. like mindset is what people struggle with the most. So like I got to a place then when I was more scared to not take the risk, I was more scared to like, look back and be like, man, I wish I freaking did that. Like that would be a much bigger regret than like, all right, I fucking, I went for it and I blew it. Like that, that to me, at least I gained a story. I gained life experience. I gained new relationships. I, I gained like wisdom that like I couldn't have got any other way. So like I saw the value in that young because the people that like I was most impressed by in life, like A, they were super humble. B, they were just like kind of badasses. Like they were risk takers. Like that's, that's like the surfer, the snowboarder in me. Like I like people that take risks like that. To me, that's like I'm enamored with that. I'm like, yeah, that makes no sense. That's fucking crazy. Let's go for it. Like <laughs> you can relate, dude. You go like you do parkour and stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude, like as you're saying that, like my brain, I'm just like, dude, like this is why this was the frequency. Like I caught like with you where I'm like, he gets it. Like I, you don't have to. Dude, explain. I got the same with you. I was like, yo, this is my people. Like this dude is so chill. Like he's always smiling, like just good vibes, but like also like kind of a badass. Like Bro. this guy knows his shit. This guy, like I was Bro, impressed. I, like I felt you right away. Bro, I appreciate that because I feel the same way about you. And like it's so like what I loved is just it's so unassuming because like you show up chill, but then when it's time to get stuff done, right? Like you're able to flip into like this mode of produce right, of go out and yeah. produce result and, like, to be able to find that balance of, cool, like, I'm not, even if I don't figure it out the first, second, third, fourth, fifth time, right, there's a persistence, right, there's a, I'm going to figure it out until, I'm going to keep doing it until, right, and I think it's an athletic thing, right, it's like anyone that comes from the world of athletes, of sports, surfing, skateboarding, snowboarding, any of that stuff, like, we know, like, that muscle, we flex that muscle often, and it's a muscle that, like, people don't realize, like, you got to train that muscle. Like yeah. you got to be willing to get out there and ultimately, you know, screw up. And I think people like they understand this, but then it's just, they're not living it. You know, it's like, and what I love is like you and I share a mentor, right? We have pace and pace will say something really important. He says like, yo, go out and go out and fuck it up. Like go out and fuck yeah. shit up, go cause chaos, go create chaos, make problems and then come back. So, let me ask you, this is a question I, I genuinely want to know your answer. Like, very selfish, <laughs> I want to know your uh -oh. answer. Do you believe that the only way to get to a hype is you also have to be willing to experience its equivalent bottom, right? So in order to go like for these high highs, that means in a, by accepting this and taking this, you're going to have to experience a low low. I wouldn't say that it's the only way, but I believe that the only way you're ever actually no, So you're going to cap out, right? Because the thing is, if you can't get through like this level of challenges, 
like you're not ready for the bigger level of challenge and all of life is ever doing is like it's always like it's a wave dude you're always you can't have the highs without the lows you can't have the lows without the highs like we need both like we we wouldn't appreciate the highs without the lows and like those lows are the test to see if you're ready for the next high like so if you can't handle like when the shit hits the fan like you're gonna cap out at some point you're not going to be able to solve the bigger level of problems that are going to take you, you know, past the sky. So, yeah. But the thing is, right. So like getting back to the logic side, this all makes sense because as long as someone before us has done it, like, then it's like, well, I know it's possible. So like, let's let me find the breadcrumbs. Like, let me like, I just need to be around someone to show me the path. Like, that's why we pay for mentors. Like to me, like I don't have time to waste figuring out on my own if someone else figured it out. Like I want the hack. Like I want to cut the line. <laughs> like it's going to be way more expensive for me to not pay someone like or whatever. <laughs> no, you're, you're spot on. I, I love what you said, right? Like going through the lows, essentially that is your test to see if you're ready for the next high. Yeah. Or like I, I absolutely love that. Being able to actually utilize the low as like a basically like it's a KPI in a, in a sense like it's a leading indicator of a newer level to come. So it's not a lagging indicator of like hey you just left this hype. Like it's like no this is an indicator that there's something even bigger in front of you. And to your point right paying for a mentorship, putting yourself in different rooms. So let's bring it now. So in the world of you know real estate right you've moved into this space right you've absolutely been having a blast doing it. Right. You actually started leveraging a strategy. You started to niche down um, of last year, I remember, with working with hedge funds and uh, really kind of tapping into that strategy. What's your real estate business looking like today from like just what's it look like today? Dude, funny thing is. Um, oh, so I, I want to take a step back. Yep. Remind me on that question. But I came up with something literally yesterday after that post. And you just touched on it. Right. About the highs and the lows. I almost feel like. I want to give people like a 30 day checklist of here's all the ways you're supposed to fail for the next 30 days. Like, here's all the things until you fuck this, 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 this up. Like, you're not ready for whatever's next. Go fuck these things up. Go get over the fear of fucking shit up. Start to celebrate and like embrace like, sweet, I checked that box. Sweet, I checked that box. Like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Like, because now you're training your mind to like, eh, it wasn't so bad. Like, oh, man. I'll look back now on questions that I had or stuff that was a challenge a year ago. And now I'm like, did I even really ask that question? Like, or, or I'll hear someone else ask it in one of our like meetings or something. And I'm like, oh man, I don't... <laughs> 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 you're like, really? this is so easy. Like, come on. I, I have an automated response. I just want to give you for it. Like, <laughs> um, But you appreciate that someone's just at a different place in the journey. Right. And that's like our mentors are like the, not that they're nothing special, but like freaking, they're just a few more problems ahead of us. Ooh. That's it. Like <laughs> I, I tell people I'm literally nothing special. Cause uh, you like, we're in a small community where like people kind of see our names a lot and they're like, Ooh, uh, like, dude, I, I'm nothing special. I'm literally just a few problems ahead of the next guy. Like I just have less fear of going and fucking shit up. Like bro, that's it. Bro, that is, dude, you're very quotable tonight. You're very quotable. <laughs> Because, oh, good. I'll get, I'll, maybe I'll get clips from this for, uh, for my new TikTok. <laughs> no, so check it out, right? Because that's actually something that I've had experience where I've sat down with people and they look and I like always try to advise people against this, right? Like they'll start to idolize and then they start to separate themselves from the person that they're idolizing and they mm. start to create this barrier and they start to yeah. create this chasm that they can no longer pass where it's like you and I, like we don't do that. But like I want everyone to realize, like when I look at the people, when I look at the Carlos Reyes's, the Pace Morbys, like all these individuals that had inspired me, right? I don't see a separation besides what you just said, which is all they've done is they started a little bit sooner. They did a little, they ran into a few more problems than I. That's it. They have a little bit more experience, but none of the experiences that they had are exclusive to only them. All of us are able <laughs> to have those. Hey, we could all get rained on. Right? Yeah, we could all get rained on and we all do it's just a matter of what do we do about it that's it dude and we were just in a room like you know we were just in vegas and clever summer and there were 30 like you know gurus or whatever i look at that room like i look at the the real estate 
side of that room. And like, we're business owners. Like I look at them as we're equals. Like I guarantee they're still going through the same problems I'm facing right now. Um, just at a higher level, just at yep. a different scale. But like we all like lead gen is always going to be a problem. We're never going to have enough leads. We're never going to have enough access to capital. Once you accept that, you're like, cool, bring it. <laughs> like, yep. Just keep solving that problem at a new level. That's it. You know, and what's what's interesting here, right, is that room we were in last week. So we always preach about getting into the right room, right? Like you and I having these kind of conversations, right? These aren't like once in a while conversations. These are conversations that we seek to have actively with our peers, with people that are able to pull us up. Last week or two weeks ago, we were in Vegas for the Clever Summit. And there was a man by the name of Danny Chavez. And mm-hmm. he runs a business of about 800 and something employees. And he said something which you've been tapping on tonight. And I want to remind the crowd of this. Cool. He said, most people mess up simply because they don't take into account the amount of failure that's actually a part of the proper equation. Mm. Right? So he's like, when people come and they look at like the success I had, they see a meter bar that's filled up 100%. And they assume that this 100% filled up meter bar is 100% success. It's 100% like I checked the box. Everything went well. All the boxes have a check mark. He's like, no, at the very least, at the very least, 30% of these boxes have little X's in there, meaning I screwed it up royally. Royally like screwed it up. He said that this is the actual equation. But the challenge is because people don't recognize this as the equation when they see that things have gone wrong. They assume they're on the wrong path. They start looking for the new route. They start looking for the new finish line. They start to get off the course when, in fact, they're actually moving in the right direction. And like the fact that you recognize that, the fact that you said, like, hey, you're not on the wrong path. You just haven't finished all your problems yet. Like you just haven't failed enough yet. Like continue failing, fail forward. So, Dave, that's freaking insane, bro. Dude, this game, this game is not exciting. It's not difficult. It's whoever's the most consistent wins. Like, that's it. You, If you consistently talk to potential sellers or someone who knows a potential seller every day, you're going to get someone who wants to sell their house, and you're going to get someone who has a problem to solve, and you're going to get someone where there's a spread where you can make money on it. Like... It's not difficult. Just put yourself out there like, oh, now I'm a buyer. Or, oh, now I'm in real estate. Oh, now, you know, whatever. (laughs) So, you know, you said something too, right? You said put yourself out there. And earlier we were talking a little bit about uh, social media, right? Mm -hmm. And essentially that this business is relationships. How are you starting to see the application of social media in your business? Especially even like what we do, like as real estate investors, you know, it's like, you know, we see people, guys that are, you know, we've never heard of them. And, you know, then we see like the, the Pace Morbys, the Jamils, right? The, the internet gurus, you know, how are you starting to view social media for your business? Social media is, I mean, I'm kind of parroting Pace because that's what you hear. But like, I know that I legit get business off my social media. And so I know I am blowing it if I'm not treating that as my business card. It's where it's funny. Like this was the biggest realization. I have people that I've known 10, 20, 30 years that like we literally text each other more on Instagram than we phone call or text each other. Maybe I'm messed up that like that's where my life is at. But it's just like social media, like it's all about being front of mind and social media keeps you front of mind. And so I, I drive everyone. That's why Medium Wave Dave is what I go by everywhere. Um it's just funny. It's easy to remember. It puts a smile on your face. Like, so I drive everyone to that because it's like, now I know that I can control what's front of mind with you and my stories. Right. So like I've been, I can control the narrative. Right. And like, what's the narrative, like, what's the end goal? Like social media, what do I want? I want more deals. I want more money. So like, if I show that I'm doing deals all the time, people trust it. Like, wow, this guy is actually working the business. So, you know, so like, then they start to trust you because like, I have something they don't have. Um, so it, it's just social media is everything. Like I realized, and, and this was something I told you beforehand, I, I started a TikTok as a joke when the world shut down is like a test um, when I was still a bartender and a couple clips went like semi-viral for the time. Um, 
and I only did it for like two weeks because it turns out making content is actually a lot of work. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, not like I, and I was so busy studying cause you know, the world shut down. I had nothing else to do. Um, but funny thing is like, I look at that two year time span and like, holy shit, if I had kept at it for like that two years, like where the hell would my account be right now? Like granted, like maybe that would have been a lot of bar people following my bartender content, but like chances are a lot of those people know someone with money or have money or know someone that is selling a house or wants to buy a house or whatever. Like it would have still parlayed into business. Like maybe I would have lost some followers, but who cares? I would have been in front of enough people that like there would have been eyeballs on everything I do. I could then control the narrative to be like, sorry guys, no more bartender content. I'm in real estate now, but also bartender is like part of social media, right? Like you gotta be you. Like people connect with a person. That's why I don't like business accounts aren't the same. Like people, I see a lot of people in real estate go and start, we buy houses, LLC, whatever. Dude, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like you're DMing me, we're at an event. You're like, hey, I'm over here. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Like, <laughs> but like I'm medium wave Dave, dude, I'm easy to find. <laughs> like you've seen my face. You've seen me with a mustache. You've seen me without a mustache. You've seen me like, <laughs> so um. So, like social media is still like, all right, so like you're controlling the narrative, but like you still got to be you. Like I, I, if I put out real estate content all the time, I'd get bored with it. I find it interesting, but like, dude, people are going to follow me because they're like, fuck, this guy's kind of funny or this guy's like living a life that I'm interested by or whatever it is. Like you still got to be a rounded human being. So let's talk about that for a second, because you won't believe Dave, I, I, you know what? You will believe, actually. When we were at Clever Summit, when we were in a room of 3,000-plus people, how many people came up, and I'm sure you got this, that walked up to you, and they already knew who you were, but you didn't know them yet. But they knew you from social media. It, uh, I mean, I found sound cheesy saying it, but, like, yes, a lot of people in the room were like, medium wave Dave, and I was just, like, gearing the headlights, like, you – <laughs> like yeah. crap like and there's no name tag so i'm like <laughs> no reference i'm like oh my god like and it's easy for me to blame my short-term bartender memory um i'm like oh, sorry i'm literally trained to remember drinks for two seconds and then spit out a price <laughs> and then it's out of sight out of mind um, no but check it out that happens right and what's interesting is i bet right because i started getting it i had the same thing that happened man right i had the exact same thing that happened and when it occurred people started asking me or just saying like, yeah, it's so cool. All the crazy stuff you do on social media. And I'm like, the crazy stuff. You mean like pull out my phone and just start talking to it for 10 seconds and then put it down. That's crazy to you. Documenting my normal day. Right. And they were just so enamored. And what I realized a lot of times is people are nervous to show what they're doing. They think they have to create content versus like you just said, document the process and document where they're at. And what would you say to the people that are basically in the boat? Cause I get this a lot. Yeah. yeah. But like, like my friends from like high school and my friends from like college, like they're not going to want to see this stuff, right? They're not going to want to see what I'm doing, right? They're going to think it's kind of weird and stupid. What would you say when people like that's their biggest hang up for why they're not posting on social media? Dude, I've thought about that too. Like here's the deal, right? This is, this is how I reference it, right? Because we could create any story in our brains we want to. So like, this is the story I choose to look at. Remember that that show Made on MTV? Oh, yeah. They would, take, they would take someone who wanted to be something like, I want to be a professional ballerina. I want to be this. I want to be that. And they'd like put them in that person's shoes and they'd teach them. And you'd watch a transformation, right? People always love a transformation story. Like if you just all of a sudden come out like successful right out the bat, people don't see the like, 10 years of fucking grinding that went into getting there. And now like people are going to hate on you. But like when you're the underdog and you're trying something new, like people can relate to the pain and the struggle. People are like, they're rooting for you. Like let them root for you. Like go mess shit up. Like that's the fun of it. There's going to be a time where it becomes boring and you're going to be like, man, I remember how much more interesting and fun it was when it was all new. Like at some point you're a business owner and now you got to show up and like be a business owner. In the beginning, it's like, oh, I just learned this new thing. Oh, my God. This seller just told me off. Oh, I like, like, what do I do now? Holy crap. Someone accepted my offer. Like, that's all new and exciting. Like, let people experience that with you because there's an audience of people that haven't taken the step that you've taken yet. That like, you're proof of concept for them. 
Remember that, right? Like you see the world as being so far ahead of you when you're just starting, but there's people that see you as so far ahead of them that are still scared shitless to take that step. So like embrace that, be that for the next person. Dave, I, I love that, man, because the reason I love that is you're actually like the first person like I've heard say that. And I utilize, I used to say this like analogy to people, like to say what you just said, which is, you know, like we all have like some of our artists that we like listening to, right? Like it's like someone might be like, yo, like I like listening to, you know, Jay-Z, right? It's like, oh, cool. How long have you been listening to Jay-Z? Man, since like 2019. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> so like you barely know anything. But and someone's like, yeah, I've been listening to him since like mixtapes, like back when he was just like pushing these out of the back of his car. Right. And it's a different level of fan that gets to be built. Right. Someone gets to have a different level and a relationship with you. Right. A yeah. follower gets to actually connect with you on a deeper level. And when you don't document, like when people don't document where they're at today, you're literally robbing. Yeah. You're stealing. Dude, give me chills. Love that. Like, bro, like I love it because you just said it, man. And I was just like, holy crap, Dave gets it, bro. Dave yeah, it. dude. We, we owe it like I've realized a lot of my friends who, you know, followed the grind, like they went to college, they got the degree, they got the, the corporate job, they got married, like they had a fascination with my life. And so like part of I, I realized like part of my role, role was literally like to keep living a life that I was fascinated by. Um. Because if I did that, like if I'm fascinated by like, holy shit, I never thought in a million years I'd be doing this. How cool is this? Then like I'm hopefully inspiring someone else. And not that I'm doing it for someone else, but like it becomes a game where you're like, wow, I just had the best year ever. Like, how am I going to top this? And then you go and top it. You're like, man, how cool is that? What the hell's next? Like what a crazy ride this life is. Like, man, I love it. So I'm curious, right? What are some of the things like what have been recent for you that have been like some of the, the newest challenges that have come up where you're just like, all right, didn't see this wall coming or maybe you even saw the wall coming. But being at it, it's like, damn, this is a big ass wall. Uh, I mean, do we've had our lead gen shut down multiple times just because platform shut down, um, you know, and that was like as we were in the middle of scaling. Like all of a sudden you're, you're paying for like a full team. Like it, it's not cheap for me to turn the lights on. And then all of a sudden, like everything shuts off overnight. You're like, uh, now what? <laughs> like I'm still responsible for like other people, like being able to put food on the table and like, you know, having something for them to do. And like, cause you know that like when shit shuts down, it's like, it's a chain reaction of like, it, I may not feel it immediately, but I'm going to feel it three months down the road when like that lead gen that didn't happen now leaves me like a blank spot on in deals closing. And so, yeah, what do we got? What do we got? (laughs) Because like right there, like how crazy is that? Because what you just said too, like the way your brain just processed that, what I realized is, you know, someone asked me the other day, you know, essentially uh, just like a question along why do people still do like things that don't make sense? And it's like, what you just said, right? You recognize an event occurred here and you're like, oh, shoot. You know that no one's going to really feel it. It's like the tsunami, like the earthquake happening in the middle of the ocean. No one feels anything yet, but your brain is already able to process today's event, how it actually acts 90 days out. And you're able to live this duality of being able to actually see how what you're doing today affects you tomorrow. I found that the more and more high level I go with people, the higher level individuals I meet, the further out they're able to live this duality, right? Where they're no longer just living a day in advance, a week in advance. They're living months, years, decades in advance. And it boggles my mind. So it's like listening to you say that, right? I think for a lot of people, it's a new perspective because especially coming from someone like you where you're very able to be in the moment, right? that you're able to also within being in the moment recognize like, yo, we're planting seeds so that we can chill under some trees with shade in the future. So we can have some fruit while we're there. Yeah. Well, dude, Pace has a 21 foot whiteboard. I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, what's my 21 foot whiteboard? Like I'm thinking at my, my annual goals, if I want to be here and then I'm just reverse engineering backwards to where like, 
I got to be here by the end of Q1. I got to be here by the end of month one. I got to be here. So like, and then it just all of a sudden your days become more clear, right? It's like, if I don't know exactly where I want to be then, how the hell am I supposed to make decisions now? So like, I, I have to look at it as a macro level. Otherwise it's like, you know, I, I'm just spinning the wheels every day. So let me ask, right, how, because I think that's a big challenge for anyone new in the entrepreneurial space, anyone, even some of the seasoned guys in the entrepreneur and gals in the entrepreneurial space, where they are just like lacking that clarity, right? When they wake up and they realize they thought entrepreneurship was just going to be so easy. Like I saw the YouTube video, man, like, like <laughs> yeah, you, you just pick up the phone, make a call and boom, $10,000 check appearance at the house. Like uh, it's a little bit more than that, but like... <laughs> You know, I'm glad that you're trying. I'm glad that you're getting on board. We all started there, right? But then they get to some place where it feels like I think everyone goes through this natural progression. Everything's coming at them at once. They are like not sure what direction to go into. Today they're running north. Tomorrow they're running west. The day after that they're going south, and then they're heading east. And like they're just literally all over the place. You take the time to actually project into the future, and you start working backwards from the end in mind. How often are you doing this sort of strategic planning? We, my partner and I talk daily. We're probably reevaluating almost weekly. Th this week was actually, a, so when you talk about challenges, like this was a challenging week for us. Like we had a lot of sessions this week where we're like, hey, are we on the right path? Like, what are we doing? What do we need to pivot? Like full transparency didn't close a single deal in April. That's scary as shit, right? Um, don't have any on the books right now for May. Just had three failed inspections, like three big deals, like wooden netas, multiple six figures, just poof, gone. So like when in your brain, you're thinking you're like, oh, I'm good. I got the budget. You're like, turn it up. Like all of a sudden, like, dude, I, I tell my partner, like, I'm not counting any money till it's in the bank. But like knowing that, like I've, I've real, so what are we doing now? Like I've realized as a wholesaling business, I'm forever chasing my next paycheck. I'm for like, I'm forever buying myself the next month of business, the next three months of business. So at some point you're like, what the hell is my bigger picture goal? Like, is this it? Like, do I really want to keep doing that forever? Um, and so like for us, the pivot is like, we switch to buyer mode. Like that, that's, that's like the narrative now that I'm putting out to the world is like, yo, I'm your buyer and I'm underwriting everything as a buyer. And then I use my logical problem solving brain to figure out, is it a deal? Yes or no. And how can we make it work? Um, because there's just pieces of a puzzle that you're putting together. Like once you get that, like, what do you need? You need the deal flow and either you generate it yourself or you get it from somewhere else, an agent, another wholesale or whatever. And then you need um, probably some capital to get into it. You get you generate it yourself. It's a seller finance. It's a sub two hybrid. Like once you could put those pieces of the puzzle together, there's an endless supply of opportunity. Like I just how do I get more deal flow? Oh, I build my TikTok out, so I'm in front of millions of people. Um, <laughs> joking, but how do I and how do I get more capital? Oh, that same TikTok. What do you know? Um, but uh, but that's it. That's the equation. Like so how do I just generate more of those opportunities, more deal flow, more capital, more deal flow, more capital. Like, Oh, I transact more. I let people see that like, wow, I'm transacting. Cause then there's a whole bunch of people that have money out there that uh, wish they could quote unquote be in real estate, but don't know what we know. Like we have the secret sauce. We've put in the time to learn everything that we know. Like money's not that valuable when people try and be like, Oh I, no, I want 20%. You're like, no dude, like, you don't bring anything to the table but money. <laughs> um, like, that's it. Like, I, I don't need your money. I could go get it somewhere else. I was just giving you an opportunity to be involved. Like, Dude, and we, 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 we cool. <laughs> no, I love been, this. And that's but, a big mindset shift too, right? When, mm -hmm. when you legit in your brain, you're like, no, I don't need your money. Like, It's a game changer. I, do, I literally just turned away a private lender today because I was just like, dude, you're moving. Or even me. someone's vibe. You're like, you're going to be a headache. I, like nothing for nothing. I don't want to be in bed with you long term. See, all right. So check this out, man. Because you're you're like you're tapping into like some of the hidden what I'm gonna call like the hidden gems of entrepreneurship, right? Because I used to listen to a gentleman by the name of Jim Rohn, and he said, you know, yeah. don't ever choose a job 
um, for what you can get, right? Choose it for what it can make of you in pursuit of the goal, right? Like the purpose of the goal isn't necessarily to achieve the goal. It's for what it turns you into in pursuit of the goal. And as you're talking, like you're highlighting so well one of the main benefits of going down this road of entrepreneurship where people are like, isn't it risky? No, because you're actually learning how to pivot so many different situations and scenarios, right? Like you're literally, it's like learning how to surf the waves, right? You're learning how to navigate the different waves, the different tides, the different wind directions, all of that. You're just being able to adjust on the fly, which actually makes you a more suitable person to tackle what would be the traditional mundane situation, right? Because you've been able to just go with the flow. So the person over there, that's only knowing one way and that one way does eventually fizzle out. If it ever does, they're actually in a more risky situation because they don't know how to pivot. Whereas you, by nature of this unknown, by nature of stepping out into a space where you have to constantly create, you know how to pivot, you know how to create, and these skills are all stackable. So even when you move on to the next iteration, you're still taking with you the skill set that you used in the previous iteration, and it's just an evolution. That's insane, dude. Well, well, dude, we know that you can make money in any market. You just change your strategy. Like you use the strategy that works for the market at this moment. Like it like what's going to happen. Right. So like let's look at the wholesaling model. Wholesaling has been good for a while. Fix and flipping has been good for a model for a while. What's your exit? Right. The exit of a fix and flipper is a retail buyer. If interest rates are going up astronomically and retail buyers get scared and they stop buying, there's no inventory. Prices are still too high because there's still scarcity in inventory. So now you have high prices coupled with high interest rates. So your retail buyers aren't buying. Now your fix and flippers are like, shit, if we don't have a buyer pool, I'm not getting into a project. So now your fix and flippers start drying up because they're scared. Now your wholesaling business dies. It's like a trickle down effect. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, knowing that this is the writing on the wall now, like I haven't been through a full market cycle, so I could be wrong. I'm just an observer. And what I'm observing is I want to get ahead of the curve Like, I don't want to be caught my pants down as a fix and flipper or a wholesaler, potentially, if the market's starting to pivot. So what do I need to change to now? Well, I know in, you know, in a troubled economy, um, when buyers can't buy, rental demand goes up and then rental rates go up. I want to be holding assets in that market. So let me ask you this, Dave. How different are observations when you become a player in the game? versus the observations you were making when you're sitting on the sideline. Cause I think Dave, there's going to be some people that are like, I'm watching the same thing. Cool. But are you in the game? Right. And it's like similar to like how well, or how different is it reading the waves from inside the ocean versus on the shoreline? Yeah. I mean, you can still observe the same thing, but you just have a different level of certainty on it when you're in it. Like you could, like you could paper trade and be like, Oh, I think I'm right. Um, but until you have skin in the game and now you're like, wow, how confident am I that I'm right? Um, and that's all I'm ever doing literally at any given time is coming up with theses. If that's a word, I'm, I'm coming up with a thesis and I'm testing it, but I'm ready for my thesis to be wrong. I'm just not getting like enough skin in the game that I'm going to go. I'm going to lose everything on it because um, I've been through that. <laughs> and that's big. So let me ask, right? And, you know, I want to be respectful of your time here. So, man, it's late on the East Coast for you, bro. Like, yeah, dude. I'm not, I'm not going West Coast. Too much driving. <laughs> <laughs> so check this out, right? Like, as you're mapping up and gearing out for the next iteration of your business, right? As you're, like, you know, sitting down and you're strategizing, you know, what is it that you're starting to lean towards? Like, what's something that, you know, you mentioned the interest rates. You mentioned, you know, higher interest rates. You know, there's a potential that retail buyers will start to slow down a little bit just because, you know, people have to understand, like, I want to point this out, like the correlation between the interest rates, like why it makes such a big difference with prices being jacked up so high. We're talking about $400,000, dollars Like the reason these prices were going so high beforehand was those low interest rates, although they were paying more for the property, their monthly payments were actually cheaper than had they purchased the property a year prior at a lower purchase price with a higher interest rate. 
So these interest rates really actually affect the day-to-day -day liveliness of the purchaser. So the homeowners now are looking at, hey, I can pay way more for the house because I'm getting these 2% loans, 3% loans. But now that loans are, you know, four and a half, five, six, seven percent, right? These are just different numbers. We're talking about payments increasing almost an additional couple hundred thousand, couple hundred to a thousand dollars on a monthly payment. That's a big difference in livelihood. That's a massive Huge difference, difference. For this person. If, if salaries haven't kept up, if there's a ton of inflation, if the cost of general living, look at fuel prices, look at food prices, like, I mean, that extra chunk of a few points on your interest rate on your mortgage makes a house unaffordable. Because what do you care about most? You care about what's my monthly not and can I afford it? Yep. That I don't care about like the purchase price. I care about can I afford this house? Like purchase price, yes, because you're like, do I have the down payment for it? But at the end of the day, like what is the monthly not and am I, am I confident in my ability to pay it over a long period of time? So like that's why people could overpay for an app overpay for an asset because their interest rates kept it affordable right balanced out so with you seeing you know what you see kind of like with the waves that you see coming essentially it sounds like the the next pivot like you said is to position yourself as a buyer and to purchase more property to actually buy and hold rental property it sounds like I've always, when I was, so before I lost everything the first time, I was getting ready to package the portfolio because, you know, the next training I was going through was multifamily. It's always been more attractive to me. You know, one roof, less boilers, less, you know, just the numbers make more sense. Um, passive income's always been the goal. Again, lifestyle, like it, it hasn't changed. 20 years, however, however many years later, like, it hasn't changed. Like I still want a quality of life that like involves balance. Uh, I, you know, I work way too much right now, but like I'm coming up on 50, man. I don't want to go this hard forever. Um, it, it's fun now. Cause it's still new again. Yep. But like at some point I, I'm not going to be a wholesaler chasing my next paycheck. Like that just doesn't compute in my brain, <laughs> man. I love that, man. I love, this is like what I like. These are the sort of conversations that like are real, right? When we have these sort of conversations, this is what allows someone else to say like, holy crap, you know, I've been feeling the same way. I've been at the same spot. And to hear that the answer is not quit. The answer is evolve, right? Yeah. We don't wish for things to get easier. We wish to get better, right? Yeah. We aim to get better. We aim to get stronger so that we can move on to the next level and handle the bigger prize. Mm. <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm down. I'm down. Dude, so Dave, I like to ask, I know this isn't uh, how Jonah like wraps up the episodes, but I like to wrap up my episodes like this, right? All right. I'm big on reading, man. I'm like always digging into a new book, right? A lot of information that I learn comes from either getting myself into a new room or getting my nose into a new book, right? Mm -hmm. Have you picked up a book in your lifetime that's been a total paradigm shift for you? And I'm going to say you can't use Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You can't use Thinking Grow Rich. So those two books are off the table because we've heard those books. But have you picked up any other books throughout your lifetime that have just been total paradigm shifts? After you read them, your mind never quite went back to being the same. Like you couldn't just, you know, forget what you learned. The biggest game changer by far has been Who Not How. Mm. Um, Who Not How, and and I I really like Eat That Frog. Eat That Frog is a big one for me, but Who Not How, just understanding, um, kind of, it just, I've always understood leverage. I mean, that's a big part of real estate in general, but leveraging time and, you know, other people and it's, um, Who Not How it was, was the big one for me. That's why, I mean, we run our business right now, predominantly with virtual assistants. Um, you realize kind of what your, what are your like $6 an hour tasks or wh whatever. Um, so, so I can go solve a higher level of problem like that as a business owner, like our job is to graduate to the bigger problems. So we have to take like the day-to-day -day stuff off our plate and who not how was a big one on that for me. Because to, to scale, you have to be able to do that. Like you can run a business like as a solopreneur, but like if you desire to grow to something more, you have to understand the who, not how principles. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, actually. I think you don't even get to the point of business, right? Until you've been able to take yourself out of the equation. Until that actually occurs, you're still in the self-employed bucket, 
right? Yeah. Until like your business can fully operate and grow and you can disappear for six months. And when you come back, your business is doing just as well, if not better. It actually grew in the time you were gone. At that point, you've established and created a business. And that's all having systems and processes. Yep. That's like hopefully everyone's understanding that because I can let the world know that has been, you know, how like some people are just like really stubborn and like it takes them a long time to get the message. Like I'm that dude when it comes to like <laughs> systems and processes, like I needed to bang my, I still to this day have to bang my head against the wall and do some unprogramming. So, dude, you and me both. Yeah. Like I, I, I get it. I could tell other people to do it. Doesn't mean I do it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's a tough, you know, it's a it's a tough mental shift. It's a big, big mindset shift. And it's one that has to be tackled daily, right? To just not get frustrated and go solve the problem yourself, but to create a machine, create a system that solves the problem versus you throwing yourself back into the equation. Yeah. It takes dude. discipline. So you you can't be solving every problem. Nah, man. So who not how? Fantastic book. Now, I want to ask you this second question. And this one is one of my favorite questions. And when you come on, because I'm going to have you come on to my podcast too, bro. All right. Like, well, I'm just going to rip this from Jonah and be like, yeah, <laughs> but check this out. The question I like to ask people is, Dave, I want you to imagine that tomorrow morning you wake up. And as you wake up, you're a blank slate. You don't remember any of the lessons you've learned you don't remember any of the failures you've made you don't remember any of the experiences you've had the relationships the bartending the real estate everything in 2000s like it, i'm talking like everything is gone wow right you're not freaking out it's not a saw movie you're like you're not scared for your life like you actually <laughs> wake up pretty peacefully man and you know as you start to come to consciousness you start to have a thought right and this thought that comes to you, for whatever reason, you do not question it. You just accept it as truth. It is 1,000%. Like, there is no doubt. There's no hesitation about it. You just immediately take it, and you're like, all right. And this thought begins the foundation of everything else to come. What would you ideally like this thought to be? Damn, dude, you caught me off guard with this one. <laughs> um, whatever you do, you are loved. Dude, if you know you're loved, like you can't mess up in life. Whatever loved means to you, you know, family, friends, God, Buddha, whatever. Like if you know you're loved, no matter what you do, you could go out into the world without worry. Bro, that is, I like, that answers fire. Like, well, And that comes from, like, I think that comes from my parents. You know, I went to college and got a fancy-ass degree, and they kind of, like, were, like, when I stopped being an engineer, they weren't on my back saying, like, no, like, you have to go be an engineer. Like, you have this degree. They were, like, go be you. Like, we love you no matter what you do. Just have health insurance. <laughs> like, we know you're a little crazy sometimes. Just make, just make sure you have health insurance. <laughs> you know, can I say that some of the most, I'm a student of success, right? I study success. Like, I want to understand it inside and out to continue applying to my own life and to share with others. And there's actually a very deep correlation between some of the highest, the most successful individuals and them understanding that they are loved and them actually having, you know, a place like they know where they get their love from. And, you know, whether, like you said, whether it be God, whether it be family, whether like they have a connection back to their source of love and how powerful that is. And it's not something that's often spoken about or when it's spoken about, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, oh my gosh, like it is crucial. It is crucial because once you know you have that, ultimately, that's what, everything we do is in pursuit of that, whether we realize it or not. When we start yeah. looking at it at a really fundamental level, and if you know you already have it, you've already won the game. So now you're playing on momentum of already being a winner. Like, that's mm -hmm. just a whole other mental shift. Yeah, dude. So, Dave, I freaking love that and appreciate that. So, check it out. For people that are now like, bang, yo, this guy, Dave, medium wave Dave, is pretty fire. I like him. I want to get connected with him. Like, where's the best place for people to go to connect with you? Like, how do people reach out to you? 
it, man, if you like a bunch of weird content, um, go now do, do the Instagram, I, I'm start, I'm, I'm firing the TikTok back up, but I can't say that's the best place. I, I say go there or whatever, but like, uh, Instagram is kind of where I live. That sounds horrible, but like, yes, like if you need to get me, DM me on Instagram, obviously it's at medium wave, Dave. Um, and, uh, yeah, let, let's connect, you know, and stay in Yo. touch. I recommend everyone plug in with Medium Wave Dave. Go follow him, connect with him, especially if you're out in New York. You know, uh, go connect with him out in the Hamptons. And Dave, if they got a deal to sell you, like if they are like, "Yo, you're buying," shoot, I got a property for you. Like, where should they be looking? Like, what sort of property should people be bringing you? To keep it easy, I, I assume most people are marketing for single-family homes, so I will only stay in the median price point or above. Um, so not, none of the lower end stuff, um, keep to median price point and, um, make sure it cash flows at least as a, a traditional rental. Um, and then send me multifamily. I'd love to start. I'm putting it out to the world. Hey, send me multifamily. I want to start underwriting it. So, uh, yeah, send me that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'd go connect with medium wave Dave and I appreciate everybody for hanging out. Hopefully I did a good job on Jonah's podcast. Hopefully Dude, you crushed it. And he's like, yo, what the hell was that? You didn't do anything I said on the script. <laughs> <laughs> we ruined so, his, We ruined the Scorch cast. <laughs> we ruined the Scorch cast. Yo, I'm sorry, everybody. So, yo, that was a good time. Uh, we're going to be logging out here. Appreciate everyone. Enjoy the weekend. And looking forward to seeing y'all on the next episode. Thank you, guys. Marlon, always a pleasure, brother. Always, bro. <laughs> Later.